0: It's time for the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Clay Patton in for Susan Littlefield. Don't worry, though, she'll be back. But I'll let you tell her if you think maybe we should leave her on vacation if these grain markets continue higher. Joining the conversation today is Brian Split with agmarket.net. Brian, appreciate the time. Excited to see the fact that we can get all the grains back into the green by settlements today, despite the sell-off that we've seen in those market the market equities and those outside markets as well. So what insulated the markets, do you think, today, the grain markets outside from the equities?
1: I think you've got a couple uh, things going on right now. And, and so one of the things that Susan and I have been talking about uh, over the last, well, I don't know, four to six weeks is the tendency for, corn specifically to uh, go and make some very strong lows after option expiration once corn is in delivery. And so this would be the third consecutive uh, contract that we've done that. We did it back in September when we made the at what was the contract at that point. Uh, we did it in December when the December contract was expiring. And we did it again on this March contract with the lows that were scored last week. So typically once that low is made, Uh, we'll see uh, a few days, you know, three to four days in a row of some buying. And then we uh, will typically go back up and and make some kind of a test of resistance. And a lot of times what we've seen is that that test of resistance is going to come within a few days of the WASDI report. So uh, what I would be mindful of is that the May contract has a, a downtrend in place and that is from the highs that were made in October to the highs that were made in January and that downtrend line is going to be running right along the 100-day moving average so you know as we progress into next week it's going to be in the upper 380s to 390 vicinity and if we see some additional strength on corn and we're within a few days of the the WASDE report i think the producer has to be mindful of that and consider strategies to lay off some risk against some of the unpriced bushels that they're still holding.
0: Let's talk about some other fundamentals currently occurring in the market right now and get your take on it. But one is the fact that China is allowing those tariff exemptions to go into effect right now for Chinese importers. Do you think China is going to be in making some buys or is it important to the market to see some print that their USDA announcement of sales to China in the coming days to keep these markets moving? So I think, um, you know,
1: what I've seen in the past is is the market will go up as they're buying. And then uh, we've seen it time and time again where the announcement will be made that they've bought, but the market's already gone up as they've been buying. And then once they announce that they've been buying, then the market turns back down. So I'm not so much looking for announcements of Chinese purchases uh, i 'm looking for positive price action, and so I think everybody wants to see China live through their their promise and follow through on on buying u s ag products. Uh, soybeans are going to be the one that seems like the most obvious that they would come in and buy just because of of how much product they use. Uh, pork would be you know another one, so we 're going to be watching the hog market but uh, in the very short term, May soybeans are trading right now in about a thirty cent trading range, and and we've been in this range for about a month now. Uh, we're at the upper end of that trading range, so in order for me to get excited about potential upside, I, I need to see this May contract breach through the nine ten area. Now we had a high today of of nine oh eight, but the high that we had towards the back end of February was at nine ten and a quarter. And so if we can get through those February highs, um, then I think that would suggest that uh, this market could go for a a little bit of a leg higher. Uh, And then at that stage, I'm going to be looking for a test of resistance in that 940 to 950 area.
0: Talking about soybeans, we get out the NOPA crush numbers for January. They were another record 188 million bushels crushed. We see Argentina, one of the world's largest soybean crushers, looking to increase their soybean meal export tax. Does it look to continue to maybe be a good crush margin in the U.S. using up some of these domestic supplies we see?
1: Absolutely. So, Clay, you had mentioned a couple important things there. Uh, When you look at the crush margins... Um, we, for the May time frame, had margins, uh, for Crush recently, uh, and this was about a week ago at about 80 cents, uh, and, and so now, just in the last, what, one, two, three, four, five sessions, uh, margins have improved to close to a dollar. So that's a, a pretty strong improvement, uh, of 20 cents, uh, on the margin side of things. And and that's kind of back up to the upper end of of what margins have been. Uh, Typically, we've been kind of stalling out the margins on the upper end around $1.05 to $1.07. So uh, the stronger margins are going to help domestic demand. And so the other important thing that you mentioned is Argentina. Um, we've, We've got the export tax. We've got Argentina suspending export registrations. And then you you go back to the company Vincentin, which is a company that crushes soybeans. Um, And so meal is another big concern. And so really the the meal market has been the one market that led everything higher over the last week. And and actually meal was the only thing as the stock market was melting down midweek last week that was actually higher so we've had, uh what, one, two, three, four, five, six sessions in a row of higher settlements on meal. And now this May meal contract is right back up to the highest price that we had straight early in the year. We had a high on May meal on January 2nd of 311.1, and then we had a secondary high of 311 on January 14th. The 200-day moving average on May meal is 311.2. So we are right up against some very strong resistance per meal. But if we can take that out, uh, then I think you're going to have a a fund uh, position that is is very short meal uh, now going to cover that position as we take out resistance and make new highs for the year. So that's something that, that would be very friendly to soybeans as well.
0: Again, we're talking with Brian Split of Agmarket.net. We're going to talk about livestock as well as on-farm market strategy in the coming segment of the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. <laughs> Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Again, Clay Patton in for Susan Littlefield. Brian Split with Agmarket.net talking the trade with us today. Brian, in our last segment, we focused quite a bit on what's going on in the grain markets and fundamentals happening around that. And you briefly mentioned some of the the spreads happening in grains right now. I wanted to go back and touch on that. When we look at the corn market right now, we have the expiring March contract, 381. May is right there almost even with it. July, just two pennies higher. And the December new crop, just uh, a couple pennies higher as well. So when we're so flat here on these spreads, does that signal anything to a marketing thought for a farm?
1: so there's some some signals and uh, potentially some opportunity in that and so while we 're in delivery we've seen the March contract today settle at an inverse to May, so that means that March is at a, at a premium to the May contract, not a lot a half cent but uh, when you look back at at what that spread was doing uh, over the last several weeks, we've seen March gain on May to the tune of oh i don 't know about seven and a half cents since about mid january so that is saying that the, the market wants your bushels now. And uh, if you listen to the market and you are not happy with the flat price, the other benefit you have is that you could establish re-ownership if that's what you wanted to do on paper and not have to pay a substantial carry in the market. So uh, if you think back to previous time frames. Uh, when generally the market is at a lower price, well, what happens if you're forced into selling grain, let's say off of a March contract, well, typically you would see the July contract, oh, let's say maybe 10 cents, 12 cents above the, the March. So if you're going to come in and re-own futures or buy calls, you are now doing that on a contract that is at a higher price. So right now, when you look out to March, And then to July, July is only trading at a $0.02 premium to March. So there's not a lot of carry there. So that means that you could give yourself some option ownership and and structure your option off of a a contract that is not trading substantially higher than the one that you're selling into the cash market. Uh, The other thing you could look at if you wanted even more time is that you have September trading at a discount to March. Uh, and that would be the contract that will probably be a bit of a dog compared to July if we do have a bull market down the road, Uh, but it also gives you extra time and you're buying an, an option on something that's at a discount. But yes, I think that the lack of carry in the market is suggesting that there's a concern that as we get into this quarterly stock report at the end of March that we could see a little bit of disappearance on old crop stocks.
0: And we've been talking about grains quite a bit. Let's switch gears. Let's go over to livestock. Live cattle, feeder cattle not really having the greatest day. They've been tied pretty closely to the equities. Is there any way to break out of this, or is that kind of the pattern we look to be tied to for a while?
1: So until there's uh, something else that happens uh, uh, fundamentally, whether it's a a cattle on feed or Uh, You know, the cash market doing something outside of of what the the equity trade is doing. Uh, As it stands right now, yes, the the cattle are trading almost lockstep with the equity futures. Uh, When we saw the equities trading at the highs this morning, cattle opened higher, uh, you know, traded a couple bucks higher on the highs. Then, as the Fed made an emergency rate cut, the stock market, immediately went up and made a new high and then rolled over. So you've got the futures in the, in the Dow trading down about 500 right now. Uh, that's actually almost 300 off the lows. So uh, another another session where we've got over a 1,000-point trading range in the Dow. Uh, but I would suspect that if we have a lousy close in the stock market today, that cattle will open lower tomorrow. Uh, and if the stock market can recover and and – you know, find some gains in this last hour, then we should have a a potentially steady to higher opening in cattle tomorrow. But uh, until we can see the fundamental change uh, and a signal from the the supply and demand side of things, I think you're going to continue to see the general sentiment of cattle follow the equity trade.
0: Brian, we've covered a lot of ground, but we do, as you mentioned earlier, have a WASD report coming out next week. Anything in particular you're going to be watching for in that report that farmers should look for?
1: Well, the crop from 2019 is uh, not going to be of issue. So uh, what we're going to be looking for is any changes on the demand side of the balance sheet. And so... um, This is going to be probably a somewhat minor report uh, as we get into the WASD report, but we're going to be looking for any changes on ethanol. I think that uh, the efficiency rates for ethanol are going to be down this year because of the quality of the crop in a lot of areas, so it's going to take more corn uh, to to make the same ethanol. the feed residual probably won't be addressed until after the quarterly stock report. Uh, so when we get into the April WASDE report, the feed residual number will be something that the USDA makes a change to. And, and we'll be watching exports, but I, I think something else that's going to be important is uh, the outlook for the South American crop. So we're looking at Brazil for soybeans, Uh, I think even more importantly right now, I want to see if the USDA makes a cut to the uh, Brazil Safrina corn crop, Uh, and that could be something that gives corn a little bit of a supportive bump in the short term as well.
0: Brian, for ag producers who are listening today, they want to talk to you more about marketing strategies. What's the best way to go about doing that?
1: Uh, You can reach me at uh, at, uh, 815-665-0463. You can check out the agmarket.net website. It's real easy. It's www.agmarket.net. And uh, you can tweet at me, at BJSplit, on Twitter.
0: Again, Brian Split joining us here today on the Fontenelle Final Bell. Thank you to Fontenelle Hybrids for their support of the program as well. Do remember, trading futures and options does involve risk of loss. It may not be suitable for all investors. Consider those risks before investing. This is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.